Welcome to Cretech Climate Cast, a podcast series devoted to educating, inspiring, and leading the built world to address the world's biggest crisis, climate change. I'm your host, Michael Beckerman, CEO of Cretech Climate, the leading voice for the real estate industry's commitment to climate tech. Join me each week for 20 minutes as we connect with the world's leading real estate and tech innovators from VCs, real estate companies, academic and nonprofit sectors. Thanks for tuning in and I hope you enjoy the show. Hey everybody, it's Michael Beckerman. Welcome to another episode of my podcast, Cretech Climate Cast, where I'm talking to leaders who are helping to decarbonize the built world, creating healthier and safer places as a result. For today's episode, I'm really, really thrilled to have Jessica Cooper, Chief Commercial Officer of the International Well Building Institute, IWBI. And, you know, this is a great great episode in the sense that Jessica and her colleagues have been doing the hard work of getting buildings green for a long time. So a lot of what I've been talking about on the podcast is, you know, sort of like uh, the early adopters. Well, you know, 10 years they've been doing this, 30,000 projects, 3 billion square feet, 97 countries. So for those that are skeptical that might not be happening, uh, Jessica and her colleagues are, are living proof that leaders throughout the world are creating healthy buildings for everybody to experience. So anyway, Jessica, great to join you on this podcast. Thanks so much for uh, spending some time with me today. Likewise, Michael, looking forward to the discussion. So let's start, if you don't mind, just giving a little bit about your particular role as chief commercial officer. What does that entail? And just a very sort of high level overview of IWBI. I guess I'll start with the high level overview of IWBI and then get into a little bit more specifics about my role. But, you know, here at IWBI, the International Well Building Institute, we're focused exclusively on advancing health, well being, and equity in buildings, communities, and organizations. So basically trying to positively impact all the places where we work, live, learn, and play. All of our work at IWBI centers around a framework, um, a set of criteria that we've developed based on research with the industry and partners partnership with the industry. It's called the Well Building Standard. And this is a program that can be utilized by businesses, organizations, and communities to advance really this sort of human health mission. It leverages everything from building design and construction strategies to operational policies and programs, but also extends to strategies that the C-Street the C-suite might be exploring to support an overall organizational culture of health. Um, So my role as the chief commercial officer is to lead a global team of professionals who work with organizations on their journey with WELL. Um, We start by engaging them in initial conversations about what the WELL framework is, what the value of the program is, and then we actually work with them on implementation um, and support really clients all around the world in achieving um, accomplishments and celebrating their accomplishments with well, whether that be achieving full certification, achieving a health safety rating, even achieving an organizational well portfolio score. So um, I'm lucky enough to be sort of seeing and and learning from those 30,000 projects you mentioned all around the globe, Michael, and the movement just continues to grow. It's incredibly inspiring. Yeah. The work that you and your colleagues have done is incredibly inspiring. I mean, most of us that have been in the real estate industry, as long as I have, 
we know well, right? You see it, companies are using it for their branding as they should, and it's been around for a while. My first question, Jessica, is about, you know, I'm a latecomer to this movement of creating healthier buildings and spaces, right? And as always, I'm the last one to the dance, unfortunately, typically. But, you know, during COVID, we had this wonderful, wonderful uh, virtual conference that was co-chaired by Lindsay Baker, uh, the Rocky Mount Institute, and much, much, much more, and Brendan Wallace of Fifth Wall. And, you know, it was two days three days of programming about you know the built world responsibility contributing 40 percent of carbon emissions globally and opportunity to address climate change right and it was just such an awakening for me when you think about when you you and your colleagues look at like what covid has done to the sort of the the greenification of the real estate industry. I got to imagine that it's been like really for you know the wrong reasons an accelerant of these trends that you've been working on for so long, right? So what does it look like today sort of versus what you were doing pre-covid given the political environments changed, given the financial world's all paying attention. So for lack of a better word, business must be good, huh? Absolutely. And, you know, we've felt very fortunate to be able to offer clients with positive solutions during what has felt like a really uncertain and challenging time, right? And, you know, I think we've all been seeking not only evidence-based solutions to implement to make a positive difference, which is something that well can offer, but, you know, I think all of us in our own professional careers as well have sought out ways that we can help in the fight against COVID. It's been an incredibly tough year. And, you know, we've been lucky to to be able to support the real estate community and I would say organizations more broadly in responding in in a in a sound and, and research-backed way. So, you know, responding to the impacts of the pandemic first, I'll say that um, it's really just opened people's eyes to the impact that our buildings, places, and spaces can have on our health and well-being. Unfortunately, that's been through the lens of the challenges that can occur. But I think it's also enabled people to see that buildings can be a first line of defense and protecting people as well. So, you know, one of the key shifts we've seen in our work is people really having to focus on very timely and relevant responses to COVID, um, as opposed to what we've done historically, which is help people think very holistically around how they can support human health and well-being. And over the last uh, year and a half or so, it's been about supporting health safety issues and specifically health safety issues that can be addressed immediately, um, which means that building operations has come to the forefront as a key strategy to be deployed. So a lot of our clients have been working with us on implementing our new program we've we've developed called the health safety rating. And that program has just you know, adoption of that happened very, very rapidly since it was launched last June. And it's been exciting to see people utilizing the well-building standard in a much more focused way to really address the needs of today. I think beyond that, from a value proposition standpoint, people have been very focused on risk management over the last year or so versus value creation. Um, But I do see that value creation piece of the return on investment narrative um, still showing up in many cases. And in some ways, I think people now feel like they've um, responded to COVID and can get back to thinking more holistically. So the other big trend we're starting to see is an increased attention being paid to environmental, social, and governance 
um, strategies. And that relates obviously to what's being implemented, but how it's being reported and, um, you know, how organizations are benchmarking progress within ESG. And I'd be happy to talk a little bit about how we're, you know, layering into that uh, focus as well. For sure. I do want to unpack the certification process because I think that's very, very important that people understand this is not some kind of you know greenwashing uh, certification, that this is really scrutinized. You and your team have really worked hard to come up with the most rigorous scientific research and design standards. But before we get there, you know, as you know, because the IWBI has been so supportive of Cretech Climate and you're one of our most valuable partners in this mission, which is to raise the level of awareness and education education around how to decarbonize, how to create healthier, you know, working, living environments, not to mention all of the social equality and, and, and inclusion issues as well. So I'm on this mission, as you know, with the team about educating and inspiring the built world globally. I'd love to just understand what has been effective in the messaging right, that you and your colleagues have used to inspire these 30,000 projects, this billions of square footage around the world to want to adopt these well-building standards? What's the messages that are working that you're seeing in, in the field? Yeah, I mean, it's a multifaceted approach because different value drivers or different messages resonate with different types of clients, right? But I think some of the biggest components that that are inspiring, so you use the word, how do you inspire? I mean, that is the point, right? Is I think the, the best messages do inspire people that change is possible. And then, you know, as an organization that provides the roadmap, we make it easy then to implement and to know what to do to, to achieve those outcomes that have inspired you in the first place. But, you know, thinking about to some of the key value drivers for well that have really resonated with the real estate uh, community. It's about attracting and retaining um, employees, clients, investors, tenants within buildings. Um, it's about br- building brand equity through leadership and innovation and showing that you're on the pioneering edge of um, implementing healthy strategies within your buildings and organizations. It's about maximizing the performance of people. <laughs> so enabling them to increase their productivity, reduce their absenteeism, potentially even increase their job satisfaction and engagement. Um, and then finally, you know, I think at the core of it, it's about promoting health and well-being to 100% of employees. And when you design a healthy building, every single person who walks into that space reaps the benefit. Um, And that's appealing, obviously, to an owner, um, a a manager who wants to make sure that every tenant is sort of um, reaping the benefits of their healthy building strategies. But it's especially important to corporate organizations um, who have probably experienced historically um, lower opt-in rates to their corporate wellness programs. Um, And when you've got an environment that sort of passively enables you to breathe better air, see better light, hear better acoustics, not to mention makes the healthy choice the easy choice, now you've got 100% participation in your workplace wellness program, which obviously um, makes that investment a lot more worthwhile. Interestingly enough, you know, beyond those like major value drivers, um, some of the other things that we do in partnership with our clients is um, provide them with specific sample messaging that they can either utilize with their tenants if they're an owner um, to help communicate the strategies that have been put in place, which is a really great sort of um, landlord-tenant type of dialogue that's created and similarly um, sample messaging for corporate organizations to share with their employees. And then the last thing I'll mention, this is new for IWBI, but uh, we've recently embarked on a consumer awareness campaign. Yes, Um, I've seen it. 
I was upset that while you, I think you had Lady Gaga and some other, I was not asked. Phase two, Michael. Phase two. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I remember some of the celebrities. I was like, I thought it was amazing. Like I wasn't looking for it. I saw it. I was like, oh my gosh, this is brilliant. So good. Well, and it's been interesting for us because we don't normally, our, our audience are the professionals, right? Real estate professionals primarily. And so to create messaging in that consumer awareness campaign, but also on what is now a consumer landing page that, that um, the general public can visit to learn more about the health safety rating, um, you realize that you've got to change the words that you use mm-hmm. um, and the way that you inspire um, the general public around what it means to enter into a healthy building is definitely different than the more technical language we use with right. the professionals who are on the implementation side. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was incredibly effective. And it's like such a stroke of uh, leadership in the industry because you're right. Like, And one of the things that I found, and not to get off on a tangent, but in doing this podcast and talk to people from around the world, and you really start to focus on and study the issue and you look at Europe and you see the progress that Europe has made, in my humble opinion, you know, faster earlier than, than here in, in the US. And it's because it's the citizens got involved and demanded it, demanded it amongst their politicians, amongst their employers, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I think for that reason as well, I thought it was just brilliant to sort of galvanize the consumer to say, you should insist on working in a healthy environment, like you said, with good air, good light, right? So I, I'm all in. And I'll connect you with my agent to see if we can work something out on the, on the thing. Sounds, but, um, sounds great. We're looking for new talent. So that's something. There you go. <laughs> so Jessica, talk to us. Like now let's, let's unpack the certification process. You know, I think there's, is it 10 core components, but unpack that so that we can understand with you and your extraordinary team, what did you do? Deem important to certify a well building and more. You know, just riff on that a little bit, please. Yeah. So it all comes down to that well building standard framework that I mentioned. And you're right, we've got a 10 concept framework. So within this framework, we're looking at everything from improving air and water quality. Um, And within those categories, we look at various design solutions and filtration devices, maintenance protocols that can enable better air and water quality. But we also set pretty high performance standards as well. So well certified buildings have met um, stringent requirements that show that their air quality is performing in a way that supports human health, that their water quality is um, uh, best for drinking and so on and so forth. Um, We have a whole concept around nourishment and enabling people to eat healthier foods, giving them healthier options if food is provided on a daily basis, but also considering what amenities and resources might be around a building to support healthier eating. We have a concept focused on movement, um, sort of enabling people to stay more active throughout the day, um, whether that means sit-stand desk <laughs> uh, or walking paths um, within you know the community or within the building. There have been some cool examples of clients who have designed quarter-mile walking paths around their workstation areas to enable walking meetings. Um, so lots of strategies there that leverage both design and policy. There's a whole concept on thermal comfort um, and acoustical comfort and to sort of speak to maybe some of the synergies between health and environmental sustainability. Thermal comfort, I think, is a really interesting one. Um, sort of promoting the use of thermal zoning.
funding where possible um, so that people have, you know, they can cater to their own individual preferences. And it also means that the building does not have to say, um, you know, keep the AC on high blast for the most, you know, sensitive uh, occupant who wants it cold. But but yeah, thermal comfort and acoustics, we look at um, light from the angle of, you know, visual acuity, but also promoting circadian design. And that's another concept that really aligns with environmental sustainability outcomes because LED technology is the most effective way to accommodate those best practice lighting solutions. And then, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm running through them out of order. Oh, so I've a few, but healthy materials, healthy mind, and, and also a connection with the community and social health as well. Yeah, it's terrific. That's 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 broader than I than even I knew. I mean, I, I thought I knew you all well, but that's terrific. And the food part is really great as well. I think you know, looking at your organization's body of work over the last ten or so years, and now looking at like you know, hopefully post COVID, what's new? Like, what's new? What's next? What What are you and the team thinking about? That like, okay, got this phenomenal foundation of well, right? The certification, and again, it's out in the marketplace. People are using it. They're branding. It's growing. What are you going to focus on next to keep this going and just pushing the envelope? There's a couple of things that come to mind. So first is feeling really inspired by the way that the industry has responded to the health safety rating, which, as I mentioned, was a rating that we published um, last June to support organizations in responding to the fight against COVID. And this rating is basically a subset of the criteria from the larger well-building standard that focuses on things like air and water quality management, cleaning and sanitization, emergency preparedness programs, um, education and awareness building, so on. Um, and I think, you know, part of the reason why that became so popular is because one, it was very timely and relevant to COVID, um, but it also broke that much more holistic and, as you said, robust framework down into more sort of bite-size, immediately implementable scopes of work. Um, so since last June, we've had over 17,000 um, locations basically go through the health safety rating about 1.7 billion square feet in 88 wow. countries. It's been incredible. So we're very inspired about thinking of additional ways to break the standard down into more manageable sort of um, scopes of work that can be implemented to um, really hone in on specific health issues or sustainability issues that organizations are trying to tackle. So that's one thing we're thinking about quite a bit. We've also got a program called Well Portfolio, which launched back in 2019. And this was in response to clients wondering how they could go from certifying one building to addressing their entire real estate portfolio through the standard. And that program is gaining traction as well. Um, and we're thinking about ways to further evolve that program to support some of these ESG um, commitments that organizations are making. And through portfolio, you can earn well certification for individual locations. You can earn the health safety rating, but it's more about making incremental improvements over time and benchmarking those through an organizational score called the Well Portfolio Score so that you can see more holistic progress. And then the portfolio reports can feed more directly into ESG reporting, which is exciting as well. So we're putting a lot of energy into the portfolio program to enable, you know, enterprise scale commitments. That's great. Really exciting. And I, I'd encourage everybody that's listening to go to your website. There's just a wealth of information on the website. We'll hopefully put that out on the show notes or what have you. Yeah, just my final sort of question and thought process is like, again, I, it can't be all 
unicorns and rainbows, right? Like I'm really terrified of climate change. I'm terrified of the built world contributing to unhealthiness in the way that people are living and working and spending the majority of their time. You know, IWBI has made extraordinary progress, you know, billions of square feet, but then there's billions and billions and billions and billions and billions of more that we have to reach to really make an impact, you know, globally for for my kids, for your future kids (laughs) and the next generation. So how do we make the case to get those other companies started? Like, you know, like, could you, you know, just un- sort of unpack, like, it's not that difficult, right? Like, let's sell those that aren't leading the way right now that are either not convinced or they think that it's just too hard. It's too much, mm-hmm. right? So how do we make that case to the rest of the world that you can, you can get a, you can get involved with well, and you don't have to be a global real estate company. Absolutely. And we have so many great examples of, as well, of pioneers who have started on their journey with well, smaller organizations, nonprofit organizations, smaller buildings, smaller spaces, um, schools, hospitals, you know, I mean, it, it's underfunded um, buildings. So it really does not have to be an expensive proposition to just get started with well. And I think, you know, one of the, the main things that um, drives me is that we can't afford not to right. um, focus on these issues, environmental sustainability issues and, and human health issues. And if we get too caught up in thinking that full certification is the only way to get started with a program like WELL, um, it is going to feel like a pretty big sort of jump from baseline to certified. Um, but that's exactly why we at IWBI are so committed to unlocking new ways to get started on the journey. Um, An analogy that helps me quite a bit is um, thinking about our own personal journeys with health and wellness. Um, You can't uh, go to the gym once and expect to be healthy the rest of your life, unfortunately. (laughs) So, uh, you know, I mean, it's a daily active pursuit and it comes down to holistic decisions you're making about your life, um, where you live, um, your lifestyle choices, who you spend time with, the habits that you form. And um, I think creating a culture of health within your organization and and creating a portfolio of healthy buildings is similar. Um, And you just have to get started to start making that incremental process. So thinking about some of the ratings, which is a little bit more manageable of a scope to implement, um, or just engaging with the portfolio score and starting to see that rise over time as you implement feature by feature. Um, And in that case, you can focus really not on the holistic framework, but you know, which criteria align with your strategic goals for the year? What else are you already trying to tackle that well could present um, sort of very implementable and actionable solutions around for you? Um, And our team at IWBI loves to have those conversations as well. So happy to talk to anybody who uh, um, would love to learn more about how to get started. But I think every little step counts, um, each of us as individuals, but also as, you know, leaders and and contributors within our organizations, we can each take little step every single day to create a positive difference. That's so fantastic. That's so inspirational. And I kind of, you know, I, I see that on the website. I see that there are examples of 
nonprofits and schools and very small spaces. Like, you know, I just want to make sure the message, which is so beautifully articulated, like that there are baby steps that you could take and you don't have to have a lot of money, a lot of resources that you could just jump in and get going. And whomever enters your spaces, whether, you know, will be the beneficiary. So I think that's terrific because it, it feels like from someone from my vantage point, overwhelming magnitude of the problem. And of course, you know, IWBI has been at this for so long and you've got an extraordinary portfolio. But then I look at it and I say, but how much more out there still remains? So, and I'll just say as a sort of an endorsement that one of the extraordinary things about IWBI is that how accessible everybody in the organization is. Like, you know, I just remember you and I connecting. I think I just, you didn't know who I was, nor should you like reach out. You get a quick response. You know, it's a big team, but they're all very, very responsive and helpful. And uh, they take, you know, dummies like me, you know, this is sort of like climate tech for dummies and they don't talk down to you (laughs) and they make it really digestible. So anyway, I'm a fan, as you could tell. So Jessica Cooper, Chief Commercial Officer, IWBI, thank you for all the hard work that you and your colleagues are doing. And you know you have a fan in Cretech and Cretech Climate and just keep going. Just keep going. Keep on keeping on. Thank you, Michael. And it's great to be partnered with Cretech. And you know everything we do is about the people, right? So it would be silly if, if we weren't accessible <laughs> and friendly to talk. And we learned so much through these conversations and through the partnerships we form industry-wide. So I appreciate the opportunity to chat today and, and to be engaged with your organization longer term as well. I have no doubt, my friend, that a lot of the comments are going to be, Michael, why isn't Jessica hosting the podcast instead of you? <laughs> She's much more articulate and knowledgeable. Well, if I can get you in the commercial, the campaign, <laughs> then maybe you can get me on the <laughs> Thanks, so, Jessica. Yeah. It was great talking to you. You as well. If you want to hear more about top industry trends, please hit subscribe and join us on this journey to reimagine real estate. If you've enjoyed listening to this week's episode, please be sure to give us a five-star rating and share this podcast with your friends and colleagues. To stay up to date on leading climate tech trends and topics, join the Cretech Climate Community by clicking the link in our bio. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to having you join us next week.